This is a Hot Pie Media original. Hi, I'm Deb and this is my podcast. Festive Kitchen. Now you have Festive Kitchen. You're going to want to remember that. Put that in your brain because if you're like me and you like having friends over, you like taking gifts of food over to friends if they're celebrating an event or maybe uh, I don't I don't have kids. Uh, so I like to bring food gifts for my friends when I go to their kids' birthday parties because I know that that's a lot of work. So uh, when I go to shop.festivekitchen.com, Add the slash Deb on the end there. You get $20 off your first order of $100 or more. This is what I can do. I can take, I can make these gift boxes, have them sent over to my friends if I'm not going to be at an event, or I can take the event, my, I can take the food for the event myself. This is some of the things that I, I like to do. They've got uh, cookie dough balls. You can order cookie dough balls on this website. And it's amazing. Thinking of you, five-day dinner collection Definitely for that mum that just had the kids uh, or maybe the kids all summer on their own. I have a friend that I did this for earlier this year. Her husband went out of town. She's a teacher and she was just just overwhelmed. And so I sent her some food so she didn't have to worry about that. It's all made easy for you. I'm looking over here at the website because the food is delicious. It, basically, it's comfort food hugs, guys. Maybe you can't be at a, a family holiday event. Maybe you want to show your presence and your love. That's one of my love languages. I think I like to bring food and beverages around and have people around my house centering around food and beverages. So I actually have some of uh, the hors d'oeuvres from Festive Kitchen on the way to me right now. And I'm so excited. I'll be able to tell you about them once I've had them, but they make it easy for you. All right. You just go to the website. There's free shipping on all orders over $75. And trust me, if you're having four or five friends over, you're going to spend at least that. So go to the festive uh, shop, festive shop.festivekitchen.com slash Deb. You can check out all of their comfort foods, their sides. Now I don't eat chicken, but my friend who's sitting here, you can't see her off camera. She loves the chicken salad. It's fabulous. She gets it all the time. It's so easy. She works a lot of hours and just gets it sent to her house, brings it to work. So she's always got a healthy snack. You can do it right now too. shop.festivekitchen.com slash Deb for 20% off your first order of a hundred dollars or more. Attention, early bird gummies contain THC from hemp. That's what this little card I'm holding up stands, uh, stands for in front of me. It says, see reverse for details. This is an amazing piece of paper because it made me believe that you can legally get THC gummies right here in Texas from early bird. Uh, that's a fact. Earlybird.com CBD add the slash Deb and you'll get 20% off your first order. This company uh, based right here in Austin have made getting relaxed, having a chill time, having some 
easy fun with your friends. They've made it so available and they've made it delicious. Early bird gummies. Where are my early bird gummies? Oh yeah, they're right here. Keep them with me at all times. They come in these grazing, uh, great uh, little four packs. Uh, again, you can share these with your friends. Maybe you're heading out to a festival at the weekend. You're going camping. Oh my gosh, take an early bird gummies, go camping under the stars. How amazing is that going to feel? Each gummy contains 2.5 milligrams of THC and 12.5 milligrams of CBD. You know me, I don't do numbers. I don't really know anything about anything, but I've spoken to the people at Early Bird CBD and they've worked so hard to get the full spectrum experience for you, meaning you're going to be able to relax on these Early Bird gummies. You're going to have a chill time with your friends. You're never going to get super messed up. That's why I like them. And of course, we want you to enjoy them responsibly, uh, responsibly and respectably of youngsters. All right. They come in these great, easy uh, to seal, very e uneasy, difficult to unseal packages, as well as the big tubs. They come in 30, uh, childproof. And of course, for 21 and up only. Again, you can go to CBD, sorry, earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb. I've got CBD on the brain, guys. Go to earlybird .us, earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb for 20% off everything your first order. Ever since I started my brand new podcast, thanks for showing up, by the way. Appreciate that you're here. Uh, I've been wanting to get this guy on. Uh, I've known my next guest for, uh, oh gosh, 10, 15 years. Um, and... I've tried to get him to tell me he loves me for forever. So I'm interested to see if I can get him to do that today. I'm also interested to see what he's been doing during COVID lockdown as he's a performer. I am, of course, talking about the incredibly talented, the more than likely incredibly stoned comedian extraordinaire, Doug Benson. But firstly, I'd like to say how bizarre it is to talk to you in a room. This is very strange to me. I've never, I've never not talked to you but one time, which was on the phone, I've never not talked to you in person. It's very strange. Is this your abode that you're in? This is my home. Yes. Doug with a home with walls. And I don't know, maybe I thought there'd be those, you know, when you hook up with the guy in college, you know, and they, or you walk in, they always have those tie dye things stuck to the wall because they like weed. I know it's really right. immature that I thought you might have that, but is this just your staged room that looks really good for the audience well i mean it's funny that like i guess there's subtle nods to my uh you know <clears throat> my whole weed thing because like that trophy up there can you see that trophy i can so i thought it's for uh, jim Carner or something that's it's like a uh uh cannabis trophy of some kind oh very nice for being like uh, i think it says something like Vegas cannabis comedian or something like that. <laughs> um, but this well rubber done, ducky over here, yeah, is uh, is that you know actually a pipe you could smoke out of it? The police will never figure that one out when they do the raid. No, and also why would why would police raid an individual citizen because he has a, uh, a, a rubber, rubber ducky, ducky bong? You forget that I live in Texas. I think we all live in fear about being raided. I'm I I'm a little nervous because I I currently am carrying a uterus. Uh, makes me a little nervous living in Texas with that. So to think right. a rubber yeah, ducky could be dangerous. That all the time. It's yeah, tough. it's it's very tough. It's, it's, it's yeah, not fun right now, especially. But yeah, no, of course you're in you're in California. You can do as much weed it's as you true. like. 
You know, Doug, though, we uh, we recently and I don't know how recently because I asked questions about this, about weed and, and medical marijuana in Texas. But I'm so ignorant about all the THCs and the CBDs. It goes in one ear and out. It's almost like sports. I kind of appreciate it, sure. but it's in one ear and out the other. But check this out, Doug. My sponsor of the podcast is Early Bird Hemp Infused Gummies. They're real. They've got THC and CBD in them, and you can buy them online. Earlybirdcbd.com slash Deb gets you 20% off your first order. Not an ad, but it, there'll be an ad later. Isn't that cool? What do you mean it's going to be an ad later? Yeah. You just said it. Yeah, well, they'll, I have to tell more information later on. I've got to be all professional about it. This is, that was just a freebie, but Doug, I... I that's just like a, a tease for the ad. That's a tease, uh, but the, my point is... I've, we've hung out dozens of times and I've, I've been witness to and probably facilitated and people leaning over and handing weed to you and saying, Doug, Doug, take this. And I don't know sure. if, you, if you recall, but I've never partaken, partook, partooked. Right. I've never smoked right. with you, Doug, because I'm, I've always been a big vag when it comes to smoking weed and, and taking gummies. I've just had some bad experiences, maybe taking too much. Everyone likes to say, you don't do it the right way, Deb. But I've actually found a thing. I take uh, like three quarters of this, half of this a day, another same thing at night. Super chill. I get why you like it now. It's your, it's your thing. It's catching on, Doug. It's all these years you've been advocating for it. It's catching on. Yeah, it really is. I think people are starting to really dig it. And, uh, <laughs> I take full responsibility for it. Are you like on the uh, payroll of a uh, big THC, Doug? Uh, what, wait, what's the question? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Oh, man, I love uh, you. You know, we can swear on this yeah. podcast, right? So <clears throat> you, feel free to use whichever yeah. colorful language you care for. No, I just, uh, you know, as is often the case with these uh, scenarios, uh, just uh, 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 there's a little little bit of audio drop on my uh, end once in a while. So I I miss uh, a word or two from you. But usually in context, I can follow it. But that last one, all I heard was something about THC. So that's why I was like, what? Oh, yeah. So Um, it it played in well (laughs) because I asked if you were on the payroll for big THC and... Just there you go. See, I missed well. the words payroll and big. <laughs> Is that going to happen? Do you think? Now, I'm like I said, I'm I'm not super aware of all the laws around the land, but I know it's legal in places to cultivate and manufacture. Obviously, these guys have been manufactured and and sent right here, and you can buy them online. Um, do you think one day it'll be sort of like big tobacco, where it will be government overseen? in order to create taxes and the control and pros and cons, please feel free to add. Well, that's the thing is, you know, Texas hasn't really participated yet, but each state that, uh, you know, says that medical marijuana is legal or recreational marijuana is legal or both, uh, all of those places have their own you know, they, they can set their own rules because they're, you know, they're determining this state by state. So mm. each state, uh, you know, it's very complex keeping track of exactly what all the laws are regarding uh, cannabis and uh, hemp and CBD. And, you know, there's there's all these loopholes now. Mm. There's this thing called the uh, Delta 8 that people are into. But I, 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 
it's unfortunately got the word Delta in it. I think that's bad timing, <laughs> but, um, but it's, um, you know, it's another one that's kind of like in places where cannabis specifically is illegal. This Delta eight apparently is close enough to the feeling of THC, but without uh, having any, or I, I don't know. It's all, it's all so much for me. Cause I just, I just like getting high. I like talking about it a little bit, you know, but it's not, you know, it's not my everything. So, uh, so I'm, I'm terrible as far as being an expert. Like that's why you never see me on like, you know, we don't talking head shows where they're debating, Mm -hmm. you know, what's going on with, uh, with marijuana. I, I just know that I like it and that I, my main, uh, focus right now is that that there are still people incarcerated for something that you know many people in this country are doing you know freely and legally uh so that's what where i think we need to focus right now is certainly no more arrests for Mm -hmm. bullshit marijuana stuff but definitely get all the people that are arrested or have a record Expunged. You know, these people, they're scared to cross the street, you know, to jaywalk because they, uh, you know, uh, already have two strikes against some of these kinds of uh, silly marijuana uh, misdemeanors, you know, that end up leading to somebody spending a great deal of time in, in prison yeah. over over Something these silly things legal. that are often, yeah. you know, based on, uh, you know, it, it's in an area where there's a lot of poverty. and. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, so they have to resort to selling drugs just to, you know, make any kind of money or any kind of living. Is that so? Um, are you in, are you involved in that in in sort of this social justice platform that's come forward? I know some people like Kim Kardashian have sort of lent their name and notoriety to it, and in some parts it's been successful. Uh, is that something you see yourself sort of physically getting involved in, or are you just like all behind the movement? Well, I'm you know talking about it all the time. That's my. Uh, physically involved at this point yes. because you know most of the uh, podcasting and stuff is still uh this style uh you know over the internet um but i do a lot of uh try to raise money and awareness for uh something called last prisoner project uh you can find on instagram and twitter and facebook and they are basically what i just said they're just about getting everyone out of prison that's uh, there for uh, drug-related charges. All right, we'll link all that information and it'll probably be put somewhere on the screen. This is on YouTube as well, Doug. That's why I'm glad you have us in your, oh, your fancy dining room. hello, YouTube. Yeah, they're all staring at your sweet do. <laughs> I like that. I like your long hair right now. You almost, yeah, No I'm, offense, it's very sort of um, medieval page boyish in a sexy way. If you can picture yeah, that. I get, you know, all the range of comments. Like if I saw somebody with hair like mine, I would you know, Join I would have plenty of insulting <laughs> things to say, uh, you know, like, uh, getting a lot of, uh, you know, uh, Snape from, uh, oh, from Harry, Harry Potter. Potter movies. Yeah. Yeah. That one's, uh, that one's coming up a lot. But Alan Rickman but, uh, was, was hot <laughs> AF RAP. I guess so. I guess, I don't know. I thought he looked, I don't know. I just think, I think long, not gray hair <laughs> on an older man is is a, it's a weird look. It's it looks like they just feels like they're cheating or wearing a wig or something. 
you, know, you like, making all the other old men who are bald very jealous. I think I think exactly. so he should go or with it. Or at least gray. You know, it should at least be gray, you know. So it's it's just it's weirding me out. But I've just never had hair this long. Like this is probably the longest I've ever let it grow, even like in my teens. Mm. So I'm uh I'm excited to say here, I'll announce it right here on your show, Deb. Exclusive. That, uh, it's an exclusive that I, I'm not going to get it cut yes. uh, ever. Yeah, ever. Ever. You, I'm just going to. Wow. You I'm had just going to let it grow. That I'm just going to let it grow, see what happens. It's going to be a terrible, oh. horrible mess, yeah. I'm sure. But I'm just going to let it grow. Do you believe in uh, genetic potential for hair? You know this theory? You might not have heard it because it's mine. I mean, I think it's I my believe theory. in it, but I also don't know what it is. What is it? It's my theory that my hair... <laughs> you mean you haven't heard of this, YouTube land? Uh-uh. So, so my hair is generally sort of boob length right now. You've known me off and on through the years. I've had it long and short. Sure, up and down. Sure. Up and down. But it's generally like it's it's above nipples right now, but like nip length for me is that's it. That like don't even try and grow it past anymore because then it it sort of starts going like pointy and weedy and very thin and it doesn't have the fullness of up here. So I believe that my hair's genetic potential, much like my height at five foot five and three quarters and a little bit, that's it. That's it for me. I think this is it for my hair. So Doug, this is going to be a a fantastic journey of living with Doug, finding out what his hair's (laughs) genetic potential is. And you heard it here first, listeners. (laughs) I don't think I it's good. It. I think it's going to be bad because it doesn't, it's not going, it's not going down. It's trying to grow you know, out. Yeah. You know, and you it's need like to embrace all that. like hippy long stocking on so, me, you know. So this is, guys don't learn this, Doug. You get, you get your hair, listeners, I'm putting my hair under the, the nape of my neck and you push your fingertips up like you're being caressed by someone. Then you get, stop right yeah. there. And then you, no, 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 you went too far. You got to stop right there. <laughs> And then you gotta you gotta shake it like this, and then you pull it out a little bit. Then you let it go, and look at all this bouffantness I get from it. See? Oh yeah, well yeah, I can make some... it bigger, but I don't know if that's give the goal it... necessarily. <laughs> give it some body. All right, off air, Doug. I will recommend all of my hair pomades and uh, everything else that you'll need to, you know, go through the growing period. Here's my. This is my uh, hair impression of Jennifer Aniston right now because she wears her hair. Over her ears, mm-hmm. and like when she's on talk shows and stuff, you know how it's a natural move to just go like this with your hair. Yeah. You know, it's just, just normal. Push it aside. You know, think people do, especially yeah. nervous actors when they're not having a character to play. Uh-huh. But she, she every time she does it, she goes like this. She starts to push back, but she she quits in enough time to never reveal an ear. You don't do that. And I've Doug. seen I've no seen her is. do it a lot lately. She won't show her ears. Is that because? Are ears the first thing to look old? <laughs> have you seen, by the way, have you, I've watched a lot of plastic surgery videos. You might be right. When they cut around the face for the facelift, there is a shit ton of extra skin around the ear. Yeah, All that's right, you, it. Okay, you've made me paranoid. Will you look at my I've ear? I've seen it with other, other actresses Do they keep too. It down? Like, they have their hair completely cover their ear. Mm. And then... Uh, when they go to do that move, mm-hmm. they just have to do it so lightly. They can't, they can't really push their hair back because mm. it'll reveal the ear. 
and they're good at it. This could be it. That you could be unfu- like <laughs> fuck the the Pizza Gate, right? All the celebrities doing oh, yeah. bad things to children. I'm all about. This is I the found new a thing. Red carpet. It's a red carpet conspiracy <laughs> to keep the ears <laughs> out of the line. All right, I want you to tell me, Doug, if I have weird ears. I have a thing about my ears. I think they're very normal. What do you mean? Because they're okay. elfin. <laughs> they're elfin. You've seen. Do you remember my ears? I have, I have teeny elfin ears, and my mum used that word to describe them years ago. Are you drinking out of a Crawford mug, by the way? No. Oh, I have what a mug. What does that mean? I have no, a this mug. just says Bleecker Street. It's the name oh, of a production yes. company. I just thought, oh, I can't take this off for long because I can't hear you. But all right, I'll do that Jennifer Aniston thing where she goes like this, but I'll go all the way for you, Doug. Okay. Okay. How's my ear? I mean, I don't, maybe I just don't see a lot of ears lately, but it looks perfectly fine. Yeah. Okay. Audience, watch <laughs> out. I'm about to show both ears. Maybe, maybe everybody's covering up their ears. Yeah. I mean, I, I remember when you, can you hear me? I remember when, uh, when you, yeah, put those back on. I remember when I'd hear, I, I, cut I remember it all you off? used to have, you used to have, you've, you've worn your hair in ways where your ears have been revealed. So yes. I've seen your ears yes. before. But Doug, it was about five years ago. We'll put a picture up on I YouTube never, right here. I never thought anything. Uh, Maybe my ears got old in the last five negative years. Negative about your ears. Uh, well, I do. So I do have a weird thing about my ears because I think they were put on a bit crookedly. And when I was a kid, you know, maybe this is where we get the move the hair from the face thing from. My mum used to always come to me and tuck my hair behind my ear. And I would always go, oh, God, like, stop, mum. And I would do the Jennifer Aniston thing and put it around my face. Maybe ears aren't fashionable. Maybe that's a thing that's I mean, been inbred in us for some reason. You know, like you can't be overweight or have a weird shape. You've got to look like everyone else. Maybe there's ear pressure that we never noticed. Back to you, Doug. Yeah, I don't know, because so many, so many bald men, you know, mm-hmm. their ears are just always out there no matter what, you know, like even if they put on a hat. So you got to like, learn to love it, I guess. Yeah, but I mean, I've just also learned to disregard the ear. You know, I don't pay much attention. Like you ever find yourself getting lost in like you're watching a, a movie on a really big screen and there's like a close-up of somebody's face and you really just start looking at the details of this person's face when that's not what the job is about really they're just supposed to be a person yeah playing a character in in a story but it's still just like it's so invasive the the close-up like you really uh <laughs> you get in tights that's why these actresses i think like they're just they're just constantly worried yeah. about about that everything thing about having their entire face scrutinized but yeah. that just makes it worse when you have to change your cover or mm-hmm. all those other things that they're doing yeah i i, I feel like you're right we, uh, most a lot of women uh performers or actors actresses especially like you said with the gigantor close-ups but it does it does affect men a lot too and you've been on you've been on tv you've done you've made a movie you've been in movies you're on tv kind of right now do you give a shit or do you freak out about the little things? Like a, I, I always feel like I have a big paw right here on my left side of my nose, but I doubt there's anyone that could ever see that other than me. Do you, do you ever like sit there and go, for God's sake, this one nostril, why doesn't it match the other one or whatever it might be? Yeah, anytime that I'm like in that sort of 
headspace or, you know, or notice something, but I try, you know, one of my favorite things to not do is watch myself, mm. you know, like I don't, I, you know, I, I, if I'm in a movie or TV show, I'm interested in how, m- what my part played in. in the whole thing. So like, I do want to see it, but I don't, you know, I don't love watching myself, you know, like I don't, I do like, I'm bad. I'm bad at watching like footage of myself and, and, uh, having to edit it. That's why I've only made like one TV special. Cause I hate having to look at myself, but I also, uh, uh, you know, uh, don't want to just give the editing process away yes. to somebody else to that, make the, the <laughs> difference, you know, that's a, so it's, it's a hard thing. It's a weird dance to play like, Oh, I hate how I look from this angle, but this is the, you know, this mm. is the best angle we have for the delivery of this particular joke, you know? So it's like, as soon as vanity comes into play in, in comedy or acting, then you're, you know, you're going to be less good at it. I think yeah, like, you, I your think self-consciousness would take over, over that creative. I don't give a shit. Let's just perform and do the thing that I'm here to do. Yeah. Well, that's why I like, that's why I love podcasting is it's kind of both, you know, is it's like you, your, your flaws definitely show, but they're also like, it's, less uh less pressure to begin with like you know nobody really cares yeah I'm, I'm hoping that people are watching this thinking i didn't just i'm not going through a weird new goth phase but i'm trying out lipstick so you know that's another thing you look at on t on the screen is I'll, I'll watch this back and i'll go god damn why didn't someone tell me that lipstick was hideous do goths wear like a, a whole white shirt like it, you have on that's is true white is white a good goth color? Probably. And I'm wearing black trousers, though. Just all there you go. monochromatic today. Trying something new. Or you with know, the lips. you know how they say not to wear white after Labor Day. Maybe that's how goth they they flip it. They're like, "Fuck <laughs> you!" After Labor Day, I'm going to wear white. This is to stick it up to the man, Doug, <laughs> big time. Do you do when yeah, you when like you get, we obviously we're going to pimp your podcast because that's you know one of the sure. reasons why people do things. So uh, here's where you can find it if you're watching YouTube, and uh, feel free to pimp all the other things, Doug. I know you don't just have one. You don't have one podcast, do you? Don't you do more now? No, I got I've got two like free podcasts that people can get where they get podcasts. Uh, one of them's with a mutual friend, Doug Mellard. We have a show together called Doug. Wide World of Dugs. And um, we would love to have you on that show sometime if you'd like to do it. You know, I love the Dugs. I need to get the other <laughs> little Doug over here. Did Doug move back here? I had a rumor that he was coming back to Austin. And yeah, he's in guys behind. Austin. You're in Austin. So that's why I'm wearing my Austin City Limits shirt today. I know. Um, I mean that, and also because it's laundry day, but, um, uh, oh yeah. So then I've also got getting Doug with high used to be on YouTube, but now it's exclusively on Patreon. You have to be like a member of Mm -hmm. our Patreon to uh, watch that show, but we still do weekly episodes of that. And, um, yeah, and I just, you know, it's just all about all these different, uh, you know, ways to, especially during the uh, time that we were all staying at mm. home. I did a lot of uh, cameo, you know, where people Cam, just Cam, pay, pay 
happy birthday to somebody or whatever. Do you, do you enjoy that? We had I have a friend of mine who's an an actor, a real life actor, and he got on it. And he's been in Lord of the Rings and multiple other things. And he said to me, Deb, you need to go on and do a cameo. And I thought I, I didn't because, number one, I didn't think they would accept me and I couldn't hand the reject, handle the rejection. And number two, no one gives a shit, right? But you're making money on cameo. That's pretty rad. Is it still, it's still you happening? I, I, you know, I, I don't do great on it, but I also don't, you know, I also charge like kind of a reasonable amount. Like Wait, it's, can I guess? Can no. I? I can't guess. No, because it it move. I move the price around oh. all the time. Like oh, I do specials smart. and stuff, you know. Yeah. And but that's what I was just going to say, though, is that you know you can tell how into it a celebrity is by, uh, you know, by how much they're charging. Because if they charge a lot, it's not necessarily they think a lot of themselves. It's just they're like, well, if I'm going to be bothered with this, mm. it's got to be for this much, you know. So like, mm-hmm. you set a number where you're not going to get a lot of requests, you know, because it's ridiculous, you know. But then when they do come through, you, you know, it's a pretty good payday. I'd feel guilty personally charging anybody more than, you know, even if I was bigger celebrity, I still wouldn't want to charge more than a couple hundred dollars because some of them on there are like five grand, wow, you know, just to make a happy birthday and. Aunt Zelda video. Surely so, those people are making their living. I've heard there was some tertiary office characters, The Office, that were making their full-on living with these oh, yeah. cameos. Good for them. No, you can really uh, you can really do quite well. A lot of people give all or half or whatever portion they want uh, to some charity. Uh, that's another one where if celebrity has like a high price, sometimes it's because they're doing it for charity. So mm-hmm. they, you know, want to get as much as they can for their uh, efforts. Um, but yeah, my price is, uh, is always, is always wiggling Maybe. around. I like to I like do special. <laughs> now they got this thing called cameo calls where like people can just talk to you for a couple of minutes, almost like a FaceTime, but you don't, you know, you're not exchanging your phone number. You're just doing it through the app. Wow. That's, that's pretty, I mean, if you're a huge fan of somebody, remember us when we were kids, you'd be lucky if you ever saw them to get assigned photo, whoever this special being might be. And now for X amount of money, you can have a chat. That, that's pretty incredible technology. Yeah, it's incredible and also, uh, of course, scary just Uh because, you know, actually talking to someone, uh, you know, uh, can lead to, uh, you know, social miscues, misunderstandings, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. (laughs) you know. I'm a woman. That happens every day. (laughs) Exactly. No no offense. Glad to hear that you're feeling some of that. (laughs) No, I do feel it uh, quite a bit. Like, I feel it a lot in my... uh, my uh, social media because mm. I get a lot of men, I get, I get a lot of mansplaining to me and I'm like, Oh, I can't even Ugh. imagine uh, what it's That's like to be a woman. I'm just, you can't write, you know, the sky is blue without uh, a bunch of tweets telling you why you're wrong. Yeah. Or nice tits. <laughs> yeah. Or just taking it there. Yeah. yeah. Just taking it to that place. It gets there really quickly. <laughs> do people, do people, let's say of the other sex or the sex you're interested in, do they ever slide into your DMs and, and get fresh with you? God, did I say really old all, then? <laughs> I, I think they're all sex robots. At this, you know, they're all just, uh, no, I am Olga. You know, they're all just fake accounts. Yeah, yeah. Cause it's really, it's funny how repetitive it gets like the, in my DMs, it'll just be, 
uh, you know, a picture of a, an attractive woman. And then, but then the only thing they say to me in the first message is, Hey, uh, you know, uh, but it's like, it happens a few times, mm-hmm. you know, over a course of a couple of days, it's like, why can't they at least <laughs> change that up a little bit? But, you know, that's making me love it's fun Doug sometimes because... to click on it. Oh account, yeah. You know, cause the accounts are like, they, 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 they try they make no effort to make it look like a real person. Yeah. Like zero followers. The fake account is always just like five or six pictures. Doesn't, doesn't even necessarily, they're not even pictures of the same person. No. They never write captions for any of their pictures. Like it's always uh, so basic. It's crazy. This is, this is why women should get into the bot game because obviously we know none of these women are women. They're bots, but the bot programs are clearly written by men because your DMs sound like my dating website messages. Hey, really, dude? Yeah. Hey, what the, hey, what the fuck is that? You know, what the, like, the equivalent of that is going up to a bar. There's a pretty lady or a nice gentleman, and you just walk up and you go, <clears throat> "Hey," <clears throat> and you walk off. You just you just yell at, "Hey," across the street, and you just, you don't. That's it. You well, don't even walk off. You just oh, hang you just out stand there. Hey, nearby. <laughs> you're you're around. Hi, <laughs> guys. Stop fucking doing that. Bots, here's a cheap tip. You might get actually into Doug's DMs if you say more than hey. Oh, Doug, dating culture, life culture, internet yeah, culture. But that's what I don't get though, is what is the bot what is the bot gonna get from me if I become friends <laughs> with the bot? I've never I've never figured that out. Maybe they think that like the Prince of Burundi, you will just pass over your mother's maiden name and a bank account number. It it must just be very, very hopeful that works sometimes. With, like you said, bless you, Aunt Zelda, who's uh, who's way too active on social media but doesn't understand the algorithms. That must be it. The algorithm's going to get you. (laughs) That's a good one. That is a good one. Refineaesthetics.com. Just go and check their website out. It really does uh, set a good example for the type of treatment and service that you can expect when you go and visit them. They have an amazing uh, studio. It's a boutique med spa studio uh, downtown, and they've got the most amazing veteran practitioners. These are nurses, nurse aestheticians, and, and of course, a doctor overseeing the whole procedures uh, that have been experienced in not just the medical side of aesthetics, it's the art side as well that you're going to love. So let's say maybe you feel, you're feeling a little aged, feeling a little saggy. Maybe you're like me and you see yourself on camera and you're like, Ooh, I'm losing some fullness in my face, some volume. Well, you know what? They can help you with that. Uh, go to refineaesthetics.com where you'll learn about all of the treatments available, including uh, laser treatments. They've got Botox. They've got fillers. They've got uh, all types of different amazing processes to make you look and feel your best. Uh, don't forget to mention my name, Deb. It's the Deb O'Keefe podcast, and you'll receive 15% off your treatment at Refine Aesthetics. Of course, you'll find them in town, downtown Austin. But Visit for details right now at refineaesthetics.com. Doug, are you, are you, let's go back to your comedy because uh, your your algorithms are going to get you. That's a game. Did you start that game on the internet where on Twitter, someone will say a band name and change something like you just did the song, Gloria Estefan, by the way. Uh, Did you start that fad of the switching the one side or the other? online. I'd like to give you credit for it. Just like the genetic <laughs> hair potential I've given to myself. Let's just say you invented it. You heard it here first. Okay. Yeah. I invented whatever it is you're talking about. All right. I like that. I like that. My, yeah. Yeah. 
Good one. We'll put that in your uh, in your little um, bio on the website when we release oh the God. episode. Yeah, just say I invented games. Invented the joke. Oh, yeah. I also invented comedy. <laughs> How has it been <laughs> not being able to uh, travel as prolifically as I know you usually do? Obviously, last year was for you guys in, in California must have been almost complete lockdown. We had some COVID shows. I mean, we had some showcases here in town that lasted for a while. But are you back to normal now? What's what's the story this time last year compared to now? Uh, this time last year, it was like all outdoor stuff was pretty much the only, you know, the only shows going on. And then uh, this year, it's, uh, you know, indoor is going on mm -hmm. uh, along with continuing outdoor. So people kind of have different levels of uh, safety they can, you know, they can explore. Um, and then a lot of indoor in California, everybody has to be vaccinated, proof mm -hmm. of vaccination, which is like. You got to bring your little car. Not, not that difficult to come up with. Yeah. You, you uh, vax Is this rude now? Is it like asking somebody if they're a virgin or how much they make? Are you vaccinated? Do you, you can answer or say I care not to answer? I'm just curious. I'm not a virgin. I'm proud to say I'm not a virgin. Congrats. I don't want to tell how much I make, but again, that, you know, much like my cameo, it fluctuates wildly <laughs> what I make. And, um, you know, and I don't have any kind of uh, pension plan or health plan or anything, mm. so I really have to, you know, be careful. Or just hope so we die the, at like 60. Yeah, yeah, exactly. What was the third thing? Uh, well, I don't know. I mean, that, that's the trouble with asking. Like, what, I, what was the third thing, Colton? Did I say? <laughs> oh, yeah. Although the actual one, <laughs> we have a 19 year old in here who remembers everything, Doug. We're way too Perfect. old. Um, are you vaccinated and you don't have to answer? Oh, yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, I am. Oh, I am, cool. but I got the uh, J and J. Oh, well, you prop. So you'll have less than living to 60, right? Isn't that what they're saying now with the J and J? Or is that you're going to have an aneurysm? Or you'll need, to, I don't know, I can't keep up with the conspiracy theories for each different vaccine. I say, yeah, you're, well, I say you're all good. Uh, I, I, I think the biggest J&J, &J, you know, thing is just people going, well, if, if you can get, to, if the J&J &J is just one and everybody's satisfied, why would anybody have to mm. get two shots? You know, mm. that kind of thing. Yeah, but, just more nonsense. Uh, but this one shot just feels like it's like slightly riskier but they're also going to have some sort of booster available soon i'm hearing yeah so, well i think the double vaccinated booster is already happening and so surely yours will be along very soon yeah and i think that the i think that uh you know i believe everyone should get vaccinated i don't feel like uh you know there's anything any downside to it um ditto but i also feel like the best way to not get COVID is the, the things we have known from the beginning, which is distance and masks mm. and washing your hands a lot. Yeah, I, I think a lot of these, I hope a lot of these things will stay. I'm not, I'm not a, a full on germaphobe, but for years working where I used to, I would lots of visitors in the studio all the time. And uh, I, I, I'm very weird about shaking multiple people's hands all the time. And so for a long time, I've done the, uh, the elbow bump which is now you can do that professionally. You know, you're in, you're with your bank manager and you would elbow bump and it's all, it's all nicely 
uh, understood because of COVID, but like for full on germaphobes, they just must be, you know, in heaven. Got nice little foot. Have you ever used those foot handles that are at the bottom of the door so you don't have to touch a handle? I hate to break this to you, Deb, but those are only in Austin, Texas. Oh, thank you, Austin. I swear to God, everywhere. Really? I was just there and I was marveling at how like several places I went to had those. I'm like, why aren't these everywhere? And Austin Mm. had them pre-pandemic too. They didn't just put them in because of the pandemic. We just added more. He's just so ahead of the game there on that particular issue, which is pretty uh, hilarious considering where the, you know, the whole state is at. Uh, right. We're maybe it's just in Austin because I'm sure you're not headed up to uh, Lubbock or Waco when you come to. Town. Yeah. So, yeah, maybe think, it's just you know, us. I do think I've heard that those things do exist elsewhere, but like I'm kind of shocked at how like I don't see any here out in California. And it, it just seems very obvious. And, and also, mm-hmm. strangely, I don't know if fun is the right word, but yeah. uh just something about using your foot to open a door. It just feels it's you know, like you've learned a new skill. It's, it's, a little, it's just getting a little strange is what it is because we're used to this vanilla missionary of pushing and pulling with our hands and now we get to get a little kink on. Yeah, and it's, it is a little bit of a move you it have is. to do. You have to kind of put you your shimmy foot down, backwards kind a little of slide bit. it behind mm-hmm. you to the side. Good old cute. Like, it gives you <laughs> like, oh, you know what? Like you're putting some angles out there when you open that door, dog. Come back to Austin soon. Yeah, it could lead to a, like a weird situation if somebody <laughs> on the other side comes barging through right while you're trying to do it. <laughs> you're on the floor if that happens. But no, that, yeah, that could be bad. <laughs> so I don't know. Now I'm scared of those things, but uh, <laughs> they should have them. They should have them everywhere. Yeah, uh, you know great. the the Alamo Draft House movie theaters. They have them, and um, that's another thing that started in Austin was the you know, the food and drinks mm-hmm. that you see in the movies, but also respect for the movies and the, and the sound at the same time. It's a, know, which is yeah. It's a whole culture. It, I'm sure there's a, you know, maybe just one or two people watching or listening that haven't heard of Alamo, but it, it literally started out as an old theater where Tim league and friends jumped in and removed every other row of seats and put little tables and, you put order cards up and they bring you food, but they absolutely will kick you out if you're too noisy. Doug, I got a warning once at Alamo Draft House and I, I was mortified. <laughs> I, it was it was worse than, and I was really good at school. It would be, it would have been worse than like a note being sent home to my mum. I really, I, I wanted the ground to open up and swallow me. Uh, and I, I thought, what if this gets reported? Is this like on my permanent record at Alamo Draft House? And they didn't call a manager. They just sent a note saying, shh. Or we'll bring one over. I felt yeah. ter- I felt terrible. Have you have you ever got a card? Or you're probably just so good. I have. And I'm good, but also you know they, I, I feel like they give me a little maybe a little more leeway than I deserve. But I don't really talk. I'm not really a movie talker. But um, yeah, they they just do a great job of like even though people mm-hmm. are ordering food and drinks and stuff of the of uh, keeping it quiet and not crossing you know in front of you, you know, and it's, it's just the whole, the whole setup is really great, but yeah, they do give you one warning. And then, uh, after that, they'll ask you to leave. But, you know, I think that that system makes that one warning, make people like you go, Mm -hmm. Oh shit. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. I didn't, I didn't realize they were going to be this strict about it, you know? And then 
that's usually the end of it, I think. But, you know, the trouble is, just like with comedy clubs, they are selling, they are trying to make money off of your uh, inebriation. Like they, they're selling you drinks. Mm-hmm. So then to say, and oh, by the way, you person, we person, we just got drunk. Don't be loud about it. <laughs> be a quiet drunk. That was that was the problem that one time, Doug. Plus, I, yeah, you just have too many. Of those, yeah, you know they give you strong drinks there, so you have too many, and you're off to the, you know, Principal's you're off to uh, comment card number oh, one. It felt bad. No, I believe it was <laughs> it was an after brunch impetuous movie going decision and so brunch brunch had already happened and then adding to that because we booked late only the front row was available I get a little bit seasick when I'm up close and so I think you know I'm not making excuses for my past behavior I'm apologizing I learned from it I'd like to move on I'm a different me now if that's that's acceptable. It was a it was a mimosa matinee. It probably was. Jesus Christ! <laughs> uh, you know, t- talking of apologizing for past deeds, that that's you know, obviously we're all having to face. I say all, not everyone is, but I think everybody, whether you're in entertainment, media, you know, movies, ma- music, whatever, but we should all be looking at how how we behaved several years ago or when times were different if you want to put it like that and I've I've looked back on things like that and other things that I've done and things that I've said on air and I've really sort of raked myself over the coals over a few things I've made some public apologies uh on air and to people that I felt like I was a little too harsh with and that's something that I've been lucky to be able to do to those people but have you is have you ever been in comedy because it's such a fluid um, medium, you know, you, you do so much. You're in, you're in movies. You're in live things. You're, you know, off the cuff. You do podcasts. You're scripted. Are there things that you feel like you've had to look back on and say, "Well, shit, that that does not aged well," or "I really regret that," or has it been? Are you, you know, are you one of the few that? And and I know that they're out there that have been relatively sort of unscathed by this, or have just have been actually a good person. <laughs> Uh, yeah, I think any stand-up comic, if you go back, you know, if they've been doing it 15, 20, 30 years, uh, you know, as you go back there, especially in the very beginning, they're either just the sheer lack of quality or the sort of wrongheadedness of, uh, of that person at that time, uh, can, can certainly come out. You know, and I think it would for most people. Like, fortunately, I don't, I don't really remember my old jokes <laughs> that, you know, like s- some stick out. Like every once in a while, something else strike me as like, oh, yeah, I used to say that. And everyone just sort of accepted it. But, you know, now it would be, uh, it would be un- unpleasant. Like mm. the only way I could get away with it is to some sort of setup about how unpleasant it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And even then. Uh, I just don't think, you know, and that was more like just a racist voice, you know, just a kind of a caricature, basically. An accent or something. That I thought was making fun of that caricature. Mm. But like, you you really, that's, that's a very thin line. (laughs) Yeah. And why bring it (laughs) up to explain it? it? It's like having your cake and eating it too. You know, it's like getting away with something while also, you know, Owning saying up to that it. you're you're attacking it, yeah, you know, yeah. This bit is against racism. This bit's so racist; it's against racism. It's like okay, maybe, but probably yeah. not. 
Yeah. Probably not white guy. <laughs> right. With all your privilege <laughs> just dripping off your yeah. fancy locks. Yeah. <laughs> so defensive. All right. That's good. That's uh, you're lucky then that that's and your style of humor isn't so much shocking. Or... I never. Yeah, I never went after race or, um, you know, sexual orientation, you know, not, you know, I, I certainly would slip into those areas and say things that looking back, I find inappropriate, like, you know, violence against women. I wouldn't, I wouldn't have any jokes about that now, but I used to have a punchline where the, the, you know, it was just the joke was that it was shocking that I was suggesting violence against women, but you know, that's not, that's not a joke. That's not something, you know, to make light of, you know? Um, But that's also when you're younger, you know, you just kind of wanting to shock more. Like people do laugh when they're shocked, which is also like, you know, it's a, it encourages the wrong kind of behavior in a, in a comic because, well, they were laughing. Well, yeah, they were laughing because they're like on the verge of gasping, you know? That's true. It, that's funny that you mention it like that. And then we we talked earlier about how how women are treated, you know, when they're contacted on social media and you've felt kind of violated. It's it's sort of similar that women can feel that way, too. You know, uh, when we sort of hear those jokes and, the, and we perpetuate them as well in some ways. You know, I think we all do. But but growing with comedy is something that, that I think it, it should be easy if you're good. You know, I've heard a few comedians, especially around last year, Me Too was blowing up uh, uh, earlier than that, but that, you know, I've heard the excuse, well, guess I can't make any jokes about anything then, can I? It's like, are you yeah. fucking kidding? <laughs> like, that's all you've got? Be better. Be f- like, actually be funny. Make some shit up. Don't just perpetuate stereotypes and and outdated tropes. Like get get more creative. Sorry that you're so basic. Yeah, and it's uh, it's a shame that people are allowed to give feedback now. You know, like it used to be in stand up comedy. Like I think a lot of the things we'd say and do on stage that we would get away with would be because it's sort of just in that room. There's mm-hmm. no. There's no amplification of what happened, especially if it's ad-libbed or something, you know, and now it's just people will call people out immediately for these, you know, things that may have upset that person, but it's still that it upsets. I don't want any of my jokes to upset anyone, Mm -hmm. especially in the audience that came to see me. Yeah, you know? paid for you, right? What? Just kick like, them in the face while you're at it. Time. <laughs> yeah, that's what they're <laughs> I just for. want them to have fun, you know? So, like, of course I'm not going to. But also just you got to think of a bigger picture than that, not just the people, because I probably do mostly have white male fans when you count, you know, when you add it up yeah. ultimately, because they're more of the comedy, white male comedy ticket buying audience. Mm-hmm. You know, that's just that's how that lines up. but. You know, still, there's, there's just because just because it's all white people in the room doesn't mean I should be up there attacking everybody else. You I, know, actually, oh, I want to make a soundbite of that and send that to every other straight white male comedian or podcaster out there. <laughs> just, like, just because you have this this specific audience's ear doesn't mean you got to wind them up and ramp them up about shit that we already know they're probably slightly angry about. Being, you know, yeah, young, yeah. young straight white men nowadays. No offense to those of you out there who know exactly what I mean but there is a big percentage of 
the young white male person out there that's a little out- outraged right now that they can't can't do this, can't do that, shouldn't do this, not supposed to do that. It's like I love that you're uh, not playing into that. I wouldn't expect you to anyway, but the fact that that's a conscious effort is uh, is applaudable. So from a woman to a man, like thanks for doing that because there are a lot of men, successful men in entertainment in your position that don't, you know, they really lean into that and rile that sort of audience of theirs up. And um, I think that's kind of dangerous right now. Scary. Yeah, well, like there was, you know, there's even like Seinfeld was saying, I wouldn't play colleges anymore because college students are too PC. And it's like, no, the reason you shouldn't play colleges anymore is because you're an old man that college students don't give a shit about. <laughs> that's that's why. And that's why you're not playing colleges. Plus, you have all the money. So <laughs> that's you, really weird. Why, why are you? Even, it was weird that he was even entering the conversation. Like that's a he was only point. kind of doing it to support the idea that no comics could play colleges because they're so PC. But that's wow. uh, in my mind, college audiences have always sucked. You have to just go there and kind of just tell them what they want to hear or say stuff that is going to go over their heads. And then you get a big paycheck and you go home. Yeah. Like you don't, you know, like that's, I've never been like, Oh, I can't wait to get at that college crowd and <laughs> get the give and take. I'm going to, teach them stuff and they're going to teach me stuff. No, it's just me saying my stupid mm-hmm. jokes and them going, Oh, we're uncomfortable because, you know, none of, you know, there's not a boy in this auditorium will admit that they just jerked off that afternoon. So, you know, they're not going to be excited to hear some, you know, man talking about it on stage. That's a good point. You know, they haven't lived yet. They're, yeah. they're in college. Like all the jokes should be about, you know, uh, <laughs> you know, here's what, here's what to expect kind of stuff. But then it becomes a lecture and not mm. a comedy show, mm-hmm. you know? So I got booked at a lot of colleges just for being a stoner comic, you know, like somebody at the college would be like, yeah, let's get that. that. The kids will love it. And a lot of schools, the turnout wasn't that great for my show because it wasn't like a, a druggy kind yeah. of school. Or, or you your know, show's other- not the bro show. <laughs> Other schools, they'd have to turn people away from the, you know, packed auditorium because I was there. You know, it's just it just, a you know, every school was different about like what kind of how heavy they were into uh, cannabis. Mm-hmm. Uh, of course, that had a lot to do with the time with what. Uh, Where what you state were. They, yeah. Like what? I did a tour when when states first started becoming legal for weed medically. I did a tour of like the first 13 states to flip. Uh, just to kind of draw attention to these, you know, I'm just going to, you know, jokingly saying I'm only going to go to places where I can legally, you know, get a medical card and smoke. And, uh, you know, and now I've got to see over all these years, uh, you know, so many places are uh, completely legal. Mm -hmm. And it's, I still go to places where it's illegal because it's not the people that smoke weed in those places where it's illegal, they're still there. Mm-hmm. They're, they're still you know, stuck there they're stuck there in many cases <laughs> uh-huh. you know so i i want to come you know i don't mind coming to them you know because uh you know they deserve weed comedy as much as the places that have legalized uh, it. put, put philanth- uh, philanthropist on his bio if you will also <laughs> i love that you're a yeah. weed philanthropist i go wherever they pay me that's, so <laughs> that's my me. kind of philanthropy <laughs> they uh they have the the bat signal but it's it's just the weed leaf and you're like i'll be there yeah, Along I'll be there as soon as, uh, <laughs> as soon as I'm comfortable getting in a small plane again. Uh, come see you. 
Doug, I flew to England recently. And I know, that's crazy. I tell you, I felt really, really weird about it. I had only, since COVID, well, since December 2019, when uh, I was fortunate enough to spend a couple of weeks in Hawaii over Christmas, I hadn't traveled since then until earlier in the summer. I took a quick, teeny little few-day trip uh, down to Mexico. I felt, I don't know, I felt that was just a two-hour flight, you know. I don't know, it just, it seemed safe and then but getting on that flight not direct either you can't get direct from Austin anymore right now I guess because of the pandemic but it was so it was a couple of flights a couple of airports many people standing around no social distancing I'm you know I'm double vaccinated and I'd taken the test before I had to take one when I got there I had to take another one to leave I've taken one since I've returned voluntarily um it, it that in itself is stressful but yeah being on the plane for eight ten hours was a little a little ropey and I'm looking at your face and you're not ready for that yet. Not ready for a big plane, not ready for a big trip. Oh no. You know, I've got to fly to uh, the East coast in a couple of weeks and I'm still not, not crazy about that. Mm. I've, I've gone on some pretty, pretty long flights, but that'll be the longest one have you seen uh, thus any, far have you getting seen, back. Into it. Yeah. And I, and the LA to the East coast isn't short either or pleasurable, uh, going that way as well, especially with the time change. But have you, have you seen any sort of violence or weird mask people freaking out? I was, like I said, a couple of flights this year since last year and I haven't, I didn't see any, but it's, it's obviously out there. You witness any? Yeah. Well, I, you know, I definitely witnessed the tension and I feel it myself when I see, you know, uh, the, the, uh, you know, flight attendants, I get it. They don't want to have to be the police of the sky, mm. but at the same time, you know, passengers telling each other is what seems to kind of flare things up hotter and quicker. Um, you know, because then it becomes, don't tell me what to do. You're just another person on this plane. You know, yeah. you're not the boss of me. Yeah. So <laughs> I, I wish that flight attendants were better about telling people to, but I see flight attendants with the mask that's, you know, I get it, they're the working, nose. they're busy, but they slip down, you know, mm. and they don't, you know, they don't pull it up all the time. So it's like if they, if the people that are running the show aren't even doing it, then, you know, obviously, why would you expect all the passengers to do it? So that frustrates me as a passenger because I'm just looking around and seeing this happen. I've got my mask mm. on, but I, I really do now just try not to look around as much as I used to. Like I used to be real nosy about everything that's going on on the plane. And now I just sort of like look at my phone or, you know, watch a movie or go to sleep and just try not to look around and concern myself with it. Cause there'll be, if you let it bother you, there'll be somebody sitting across the aisle with their mask off, like slowly eating something mm -hmm. and just taking their sweet time. And, you know, and they and say in the you can think of. put the mask on in between bites and sips, but nobody does it that way. They take it off and they eat their whole thing. Mm. And, uh, you know, uh, I just don't want to even see that like it because I just don't even want to have to have that feeling of what, yeah. you know, it makes you feel like you're Larry David everywhere you go, like because he <laughs> would say something. He would be like, yeah. you know, I have, get that mask on. I do have the inner inner Larry David voice, but especially nowadays, you just you just got to put your horse blinkers on sometimes with stuff like that on a plane, close quarters, 
all right, I'm wearing my mask. I'm certainly not going to let my guard down when Grossy McCoke yeah. face over there is is stuffing his face. It's it is it is probably best just to just just keep out of it. It's the sign of the times. Yeah, if I do get COVID, I might not know where I got it from because I could have been like next to somebody for yeah. a long time, not realized it that they're gross. But yeah. but that's it's mostly just planes is the only place I really get stuck with people, you know. Mm-hmm. Because I, um, I, I won't even ride in elevators with people. I'll like take ah, the next one or stairs. Interesting. I hadn't thought of that. I guess I don't live. You know what? I take the stairs. In this building, I take the stairs. I'm not trying to be cool or anything, but it's actually easier than the slow ass elevator that, that is in the building. Oh, it's often easier to take the stairs, but people are lazy as F. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, on the plane, Doug, when you're talking about the person next to you eating, on, on the plane home from London, I flew into uh, JFK. And I, this is not an ad, but it can be if you want to get at me. JetBlue, I flew JetBlue. They need, they now do direct from uh, JFK to London uh, Heathrow, which is cool that there's another, I guess, semi, it's not direct from Austin, but that's good that there's a direct from the East Coast. And I don't know, I was a bit nervous when I saw that I'd bo- booked with JetBlue because I thought they were just, you know, they're going to take me to Mexico or they're going to take me to Vegas. What's it going to be like going all the way to England? And it was great. The f- service was great. The food was great. Uh, the planes were comfortable and it was just three and three. Whereas usually on the big planes to England, you know, it can be three or four, five, you know, it can be huge. Yeah. It can be a huge plane. And so I was very grateful with empty seats. I had an empty seat next to me, both legs, but there was a guy across the aisle, Doug, this is very embarrassing. And I don't know what I, I should have done, but maybe you can help as a comedian. And he had very long legs and I was in the aisle too. And yes, he might have been mildly good looking, what I could see. And he had big hands or something. I don't know. I was a decent looking guy. But that what that, I'm only just telling you that for context. That wasn't what I was going for. But at some point, the flight attendant came by and said something. And we both acknowledged it and shared a word. And then um, a little while later, I got up to pee. And when I came back, I noticed a few rows behind me, there was an entire row of seats that weren't being sat in on a transatlantic flight. That's gold. That hasn't happened for years. So I go back and I look at the guy. And by the way, I've got a mask on. He's got a mask on. It's loud. We're on a plane. And I looked at him and I said, hey, if you want to go back there, there's a whole row of empty seats. Because he was really tall and he had long legs. and But I don't think I had told him that. I had just noticed that his legs were like hitting the chair in front of him. And I was like, hey, there's a, and I pointed at his knee and I said, there's a whole row back there. And he just kind of went, oh, okay, and sat there the rest of the whole flight with his knees touching the seat. And it dawned on me about 20 minutes later that he might not have exactly heard what I said. And as I pointed at him, and then I pointed to an empty row of seats, I said, you can go back there. Was that an awkward plane interaction where that dude who sat next to me thought I wanted to have sex with him in an empty row of seats for eight hours? Was that what was going on? Because I kind of did what you said about ignoring the passenger. After that, I thought, this guy thinks I just totally propositioned him for an empty row of seats. Would you Would you have taken it like that? Um, let me think here a second. I'm still mortified. If I could find out who that guy in 28C was coming back from London to Gatwick. He was very tall, maybe about 35 years old. Didn't have a ring on, but that didn't have anything to do with anything. I was just telling him there was a, an entire row. Doug, I'll go to my grave thinking about this moment of how mortified I was for a good seven and a half hours, seven and three quarters. Yeah, seven hours and 15 minutes probably of embarrassment. Couldn't sleep the whole way either. Couldn't even, 
I had nowhere to go. I'm pretty sure this guy thought I wanted to bang him in an empty row of seats. I'll, never I'll tell you, I'll give you this much. I think that if you were offering to bang him in that row of empty seats, you would have been like, hey, there's a row of empty seats back there. Uh-huh. You know, wink or whatever. And then you would have made a beeline towards those seats uh, instead of just going back to your regular seat. And just pointing and saying, hey, there's a thing back yeah. there. All right. So it yeah, was, I wasn't. You didn't go back. You know, if you'd have gone back there, then you would have been like, oh, shit. You know, and so to this day, we don't know what if you would have gone back there. Or Never not. So you're saying there's a chance as well, like it could have happened. I'm saying it could have happened or or at least it could have been, uh, you know, that's why he just sat there is because he, you know, didn't want it. But yeah, either way, either way, it's, it's definitely a it's a confusing offer. Even when you were telling the story and you said <laughs> how great it is when there's a row of empty seats, I thought the story was so I went and laid down in those empty seats. I was going to. I didn't know to. you were going to be so <laughs> altruistic and try to give it away to I, some uh, I, I was feeling altruistic. He had, it was, I don't know how it feels when your knee touches the seat. It's got to it be sucks, yucky. But, you know, he knows he's tall. That's, you know, <laughs> he, he could just stay home. Is that the price he pays for like always having sex with any size woman and not having to feel bad about his height? I know that's a, that's a real Is that big, how that works? It's a real big short guy hang up. <clears throat> this just in, I've banged more than my fair share of short guys and average guys. So I'm not a heightist, but I've got some good looking on the shorter side of things, male friends who just put their lack of dating prowess down to their height and that women, when they meet them go, Ooh, no, it's a real, yeah, it's a real problem. It's a real thing. It's a, yeah. It's, um, you know, that's why I think a lot of the uh, shorter men become, you know, incel terrorists, comedians, comedians, <laughs> performers, you know, not athletes so much, but, yeah. you know, jobs where they, you know, kind of, have to uh, really, really excel to stand out, you know, because they're already, you know, smaller than everybody else. Mm. I, I feel like that was a really sad segment. I didn't mean to make it that way. <laughs> All right. I, you know, right, it's, you know I, sad, uh, short I've, I love you. I've always been like, I've always been like not tall and not short. You know, I'm in that zone. What is that? Let me so, guess. Is uh, that five, five foot nine and a half? Uh, five eleven. See, that's tall, Doug. It is? Yes. Shy of six feet. I think six no. <laughs> feet at least should be tall. No, okay. Get at me on the on the comments uh, here because I feel like <laughs> 5'11. If I had a 5'11 boyfriend, I'd see how my boyfriend's tall. I would describe him as tall. Wow. Oh, okay. Well, yeah. that's good, I guess. I mean, does that change things but for you? Probably not, but. I have too many friends that are like, you know, uh, in the mid to high sixes that, mm. uh, you know, they really throw you. things off. You know, I'm always looking up. So I, mm. so I feel like a, a short person, you know? Yeah. Well, this just in, this is an exclusive Doug Benson, not growing his hair or not cutting his hair ever again. And is tall. That, that <laughs> bio, yeah. Doug. You knew that. I mean, yeah, I guess you've seen me in person. You yeah. know how tall I am. I, I feel like, but yeah. I'm, I know that I'm on the shorts. I'm not short for a woman. I'm probably average, but I know I'm not tall. So you to me are tall. 
this just all right i'll accept it i think we should leave it on that on on that positive note henceforth everyone will call me tall doug (laughs) (laughs) you know why that looked so good because you're standing kind of with your hand on your hips and you have this medieval page boy haircut like you would be making announcements to the court yes everyone listen to me (laughs) from now on Okay, some- I bequeath myself. <laughs> Somebody please make an awesome page boy style outfit animated on the bottom of Doug oh with his, God. yeah, that would be so cute. All right, Doug Benson, famed comedian, fan of the marijuana, official tall guy. Thank you so much for stopping by my podcast. I had a great time. Would love to have you over at the wide world of Dougs, even though you're a Deb. I am a Deb. I could be an honorary Doug for the day. Well, we talk all about how how you feel about the name Doug and how you feel about your own name, Deb. Mm. Oh, yes. uh, Yeah. And then we go even uh, deeper. We each, both Dougs, Doug Mellard and I, we both write uh, questions specifically for for you and take turns asking them. It's fun. You'll have a good wow. time. We'll do it. I'll book do it. it. Soon. I'll reach out yeah. to, to to my two dogs. Let's get on a three way uh, text chain. Mm-hmm. Mm. I like we'll it. Make it happen. We will. Yeah, I love. It. Thanks, Doug. Love you. You're great. No, we're still doing that thing. Thanks, Doug. Love you. Okay, great show. It was a pleasure to be here. Thanks, Doug. See you soon on your podcast. Love you. I love movies. <laughs> you fucker. <laughs> One of these days, Doug. <laughs> oh, that was wonderful. That was a little piece of going home, talking with my friend, Doug. Uh, of course, see below to subscribe to Doug Benson's podcast. Am I allowed to do that on my own podcast? You can subscribe to it. I don't care. He's great. He's a good fan and I'll be on his podcast very soon. Um, And if you don't follow him on social media, you should. We'll put all the details uh, on the Apple iTunes uh, page, of course, on Spotify. All the information will be there. If you're not watching on YouTube, you know you can right now as well. It's just the Deb O'Keefe podcast. You can comment on my weird makeup. What do you think of this today? Is it weird? Jeez. Got this like purplish lipstick on. Is it goth? I'm not saying that in a bad way because I like all different looks. Let me know. Leave a comment below or get at me on my social media at Deb O'Keefe. Um, as always, thanks to my sponsors for sponsoring the show because without you, I wouldn't be here. And uh, thanks to my lovely producer, Colton. Thanks to you guys. Love you. Thanks for listening. You can find more episodes and all of our other Hot Pie Media originals baked fresh daily at our home online at hotpiemedia.com, the Hot Pie Media YouTube channel, or wherever you listen to podcasts.